I'm Richard Freiberg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 153, for the weekend starting 16 September 2016. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, the home of South Africa's best technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, we chat about digital terrestrial television, and it's not good news. Also this week, churches get into the MVNO game, MTN kills mobile money, and the Samsung Note 7 debacle. Let's get the show on the road. Well, welcome to the show. This is uh, Beer Central. How's it? Uh, Beer Central. How's it? How's it? <laughs> we decided after we had um, a couple of beers. When was it? Two, three weeks ago, during the show, that was a really good idea. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So uh, there's such a thriving um, craft beer industry in South Africa. And Rechart is a real, a real beer snob, if you don't mind me calling you that. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, and in fact, you've got a you've got a beer podcast, don't you, or a beer? Yeah, show it's beer website slash podcast slash mm. commentary called CraftNation.co.za. CraftNation.co.za. Go check that out. Um, but um, Rechart's a bit of an expert when it comes to all things craft beer. Uh, so we thought uh, in future let's uh, let's have a beer with the show um, and try some of uh, the better South African craft beers that yep. we come across yep. and talk about them. So uh, we're going to do exactly that. In fact, we've just poured ourselves something called, what is it, Terechot? This is from the Backward Bean Brewing Company and it's uh, the Kingslayer. Um, it's an IPA. It's actually the first time I saw it in a bottle. I've had it before on tap at uh, one or two beer festivals. Yeah. And while it was amazing on tap, I don't know, there's maybe something not so good about it in being a bottle. It's a great beer. It's a good tasting beer, but we were just talking about it before the show. It's just got this it's got hint a, of something. I it's don't got think an odd aroma be behind yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, not, it's a nice beer. Don't get us wrong. But once it's on the palate, it's fine. Mm, it's just there's mm. a, this is, is a... An odd, odd aroma behind it. It comes with very nice, uh, very nice packaging, a little wood-carved 3D uh, carving that you can carry four beers with. Um, That's lovely packaging. I love yeah. the label as well. Um, cool I'm not sure what the Kingslayer King refers to, but it says the king is dead, long live the king. <laughs> um, Look, I'll certainly give it another try. I've had it before now, and uh, it's definitely not a bad beer, so yeah. I think this one might just be so not, it's not brewed, the best. brewed by Backwards Bean Company, 7 Sivrite Avenue, Johannesburg. Yeah, they're in Mabuneng District um, as well. Okay. Um, yeah, they've, they've, their Beagle is quite a nice beer. Um, yeah. What's it called? The Beagle, yeah. I've had that a few times before. That's a kind of a proper English ale, uh, English bitter ale. Um, so the one we're having is an IPA, is it? An yeah, this, this is an IPA, yeah. Okay. Not much information on the website. They should probably mm. update it. But uh, The Kingslayer's aroma is dominated by distinct notes of tropical and citrus fruit. The flavor is a complex mix of fruity hop character and a toasty, toffee-like maltiness. The malt sweetness is balanced by a moderate bitterness and supported by a smooth and warming alcohol richness. It's certainly not as... Um, it's certainly not as um, as hoppy as, as most IPAs. As hoppy as many IPAs, yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, but you know, may have that, lost some in transit. That 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 um, aroma in the background is, is slightly off-putting. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's look it's look good beer. Um, if you were to well, give look, it, I've had it on tap, so I know that that that, that shouldn't be there, but it definitely means that. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll chat to the guys and see what they say. Okay, okay. Uh, if I was to give us a rating, I'd probably give it about six and a half out of ten. Yeah, hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Anyway, we're here to talk tech. Yeah, um, yeah, not beer. Not beer. Um, although we will talk beer in future shows. Uh, let us know what you think of the feature, by the way. Um, if you're a beer drinker, even if you're not, uh, would you rather rather, rather us... Oh, I'm really, I'm really stumbling <laughs> over my words and I've only had two subs. Um, we're going to talk lots of tech this week, um, but uh, I think we're going to start just by uh, having a quick chat about iOS 10. You use an iPhone, I use an iPad. How are you finding it? Um, yeah, it's a slick upgrade. I mean, I I do like some of the notification features. You know, the windows that it shows up is, is, is a little bit different to, to the previous version. Um, but what I like about it the most is the fact that it hasn't changed that much, yeah. if that makes any sense. So there's a lot of little slick little improvements. Um, but in terms of the overall look and feel, you know, everything still looks like good old uh, iOS. Um, the notification center, let me just swipe this again. So if you there was it's like similar to Android, yeah. So if you swipe uh, to the right um, on your home screen, it actually brings up a separate mm. notification screen, it's similar to the one that you get when you swipe down. Notifications has actually changed quite radically. Yeah, it has. It mm. it looks more bubbly almost. Yeah, you know, they've yeah. definitely rounded the edges. Um, in terms of performance, I haven't used it enough to say that it's much faster. I've heard a lot of people mm. say it is is a bit quicker. It seems quicker on my iPad. 
I've got an iPad oh, really? 2 and okay. it seems pretty slick. Well, I've been using this iPhone 6S now for probably three weeks, and it was already a bit quicker than the iPhone 6. So for me to, okay. yeah, I'm not picking up much of a speed difference, but it's already, I mean, it's, sure. it's quick. What is incredibly speedy now is when I unlock the phone, yeah. um, you almost don't have a time, a chance to read your notifications. I mean, once I put my finger on there, yeah. usually it just opens up. I don't know why. Yeah. You know, the demo curse is Things never work now. in demos, yeah. But, um, yeah, look, I... I I like it. I, I've always liked iOS 10 upgrades, mm. um, especially just you know just the tweaks they've made. Mm, mm. But um, I haven't explored all the other features that they, they've introduced. We're speaking about Siri with the new Afrikaans or South African accent. Yes, yes, that is interesting. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even notice there. I mean, Apple didn't announce it. I was just uh, I was just fiddling around, and um, I noticed that in the settings there was a South African version of Siri. And it's it's I don't know about this accent. It doesn't it sounds like there's something slightly off about it. But uh, let's let's uh, let our listeners be the judge of this. Um, <laughs> hi Siri, what's the weather going to be like this weekend? Here's the forecast for this weekend. Yeah, it's close, but it's not quite there. They've rounded certain things, and you can see uh, you can almost yeah. hear like they've they've tried to emphasize certain parts of of a word yeah. to kind of get that South African accent done. Yeah, I wonder if they've oh, um, they must have done some work as well in in, in understanding and interpreting the South African accent. Yeah. One assumes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, South African English is now an option in, in inside Siri. Um, let me just try it again with something else. What what can I ask Siri? Um, tell me a bit about yourself. I'm Siri, here to help. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite right. Yeah, it's not quite yeah. right. It needs some work. It's like I took the British language and I just, like I said, rounded it a bit. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit. It's not quite there. But um, I wonder how good it's gotten at um, actually picking up South African accents. Um, uh, I'm sure understanding us would be a lot uh, simpler now. Mm. Hey, but take me to the East End. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that interpreted as hey. the Strand. Tap the one you want. Hey, put, <laughs> tap the one you want. Hey, put, take me to the strand. <laughs> <laughs> well, it found Nashua Central Stand, 155 Industrial Road, Johannesburg. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> hasn't reached the south yet. <laughs> anyway, one of the other things I noticed that was quite nice is in the uh, the messaging, our message. You know, it's, yeah. it's, they, they've refined some of the features. Um, in terms of message window, what you can do, uh, you can share app uh, this new thing called stickers. I haven't really played with it yet, but I mean, I've installed the Mario Brothers sticker, and you can paste it, and um, it's it's kind of like emoticons on steroids, I think. Um, what is interesting though is they've introduced this new kind of. It, it reminds me very much of the that drawing feature on the iPhone, um, on the iWatch, yeah. where you could send somebody a kind of a little scribble, and it pops up on their side with a vibration. Okay. So yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, uh, but you have to be on iOS 10 to get it. So I can just do a little scribble, draw a heart or something if I want to send to my wife, or if I'm that romantically inclined. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can just do different colors, do a little scribble, a little message, and send that off. Oh, that's quite um, cool. And then it pops up on the other side. That's really great. Really the stylus. Yeah, it's quite accurate to the finger, yeah. but I mean, I, don't, I haven't really seen any, a need for it yet, yeah, so yeah. that's yet to be determined. But it's a fun little feature. I yeah. think people will yeah, like it. Cool. But in general, it, it looks like a good OS release. No, no major reports of bugs. I think a couple of people had some problems with the update, which uh, was fixed quite quickly. Yeah, I think that was a very early, very, very early, early issue. People yeah. who were downloading in the first half hour they ran into some issues. Um, but generally, it seems pretty good. But uh, we spoke a lot about Apple last week, so let's move on. Let's to, move on. Let's, let's move on to the quiz, actually, because we didn't do that yet. That's a good point. We've got so much to uh, to remember now. <laughs> Beer, uh, <laughs> ads. <laughs> In fact, after the beer, you don't tend to remember the rest. Yeah, but, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, let's do the quiz. You want to do the first question? Yes. Right? Yes. Um, question number one: How many set-top boxes have been made locally so far uh, for South Africa's digital migration program? The second question, when will the Constitutional Court hear the case between the Minister of Communications, Faith Mutambi, and MultiChoice versus ETV over encryption in those set-top boxes? Third question, Sony has announced a new PlayStation. What is it called? Fourth question, what is the name of the first ever standalone Star Wars movie being released in three months' time? I'm not sure if I'm that excited about it. I must be honest with you. I must you. just say I'm not a Star Wars fan. Um, I don't even know why oh, I put I this question. You're a bit of a tricky team. I'm a tricky, yeah. absolutely. Go Star Wars. Fifth question. <laughs> MTN this week announced it had raised three loans. How much money did it raise? And we're looking for the dollar or the random amount here. Cool. Well, let's get stuck into the news. We'll get to the answers to the quiz uh, at the end of the show. 
But um, lots happening in Parliament this week in the Portfolio Committee with uh, Faith Mutambi and the Department of Communications presenting the latest on the digital migration project. Uh, Mutambi putting on her best face on this project and saying good progress is being made. In fact, we ran a column from her that she wrote for us this week. Uh, but um, unfortunately, uh, not much is happening and not much is going to happen until the um, court case, the constitutional court case, which is going to be heard on the 17th of February next year, where it'll be decided once and for all whether these boxes are going to have, been, have encryption in them and whether the South Africa's DTT signal will be encrypted. Now, uh, I'm not going to rehash all the history here. I think uh, listeners to the show and readers of the website know the history quite well by yeah. now. And the war between multi-choice and ETV over encryption and how this has really pulled the ANC in different directions. Uh, but we're, we're finally going to hear that uh, court case, have that court case held in, in, in February, and hopefully not if too too long after that. I'd imagine a couple of months, the Constitutional Court will hopefully hand down judgment on that matter. But some interesting um, statistics that were revealed by the Department of Communications in Parliament this week, and the first of those is that this uh, that the set-top box manufacturers have produced close to around about 650,000 uh, TV set-top boxes already. These are the locally manufactured ones. There's three companies that uh, have done this so far. CZ Electronics, which is a manufacturer based out of Boxburg, they've produced the most so far, followed by uh, um, a company called Lera Tadema and a company called Boa Africa. Boa Africa has been contracted to make the direct-to-home satellite set-top boxes. So these are the ones that are going to be used uh, in areas where Centec hasn't provided uh, digital coverage uh, and that includes in the square kilometer array radio telescope interference free zone around that telescope project where uh, where a radio interference cannot be permitted because of the sensitivity of yeah. those instruments. Um, so far, the government has paid over 306.5 million rand, uh, 120.6 million rand and 14.3 million rand respectively to the three manufacturers um, for the manufacture of these set-top boxes. But it was revealed this morning that USASA, which is the underserviced area access agency of South Africa, uh, the company that is actually responsible for um, these tenders and getting these boxes out into the field and the, the aerials and satellite dishes that go with it, has put the whole project on ice uh, because of the ETV victory that, uh, the, well, the victory that ETV secured at the Supreme Court of Appeal uh, a couple of months ago now in Bloemfontein. Uh, which uh, overruled the Minister of Communications on the encryption issue. This is the issue that's now heading to the Constitutional mm. Court. So SARS has decided that um, that uh, we're not going to these these companies must stop making these set top boxes immediately until this issue has been resolved by the Constitutional Court. Now, what happens if the Constitutional Court decides that actually ETV is right and there should be encryption in these boxes? What happens to these six hundred and fifty thousand boxes? Can they simply be retrofitted? I mean, they're all sitting at the post office now waiting for distribution. <laughs> can they be retrofitted? Can a chip be inserted into them? I don't know. It's probably worth having a conversation with these set-top box manufacturers to find out if that can yeah. be done. Uh, do we have to scrap these 650,000 I would be boxes? surprised. I mean, yeah, I guess you can, this can go two ways. I mean, if if these guys were on top of the uh, on the ball with these things on top of the game, they yeah. would have made sure that those things would be technically able to be upgraded to yes. something. Yes, if they were on the other side of the fence and wanted to make some more money out of it, they mm. would have made it upgrade, uh, or, or you know, they would have prevented it from being upgradable. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, oh, it's a tricky one. It's a very tricky one. Um, it could potentially be a very costly one as well. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So um, these manufacturers have been have actually been contracted to produce one and a half million rand, so five hundred thousand, so one and a half million set of boxes, five hundred thousand each. Um, as I said, CZ Electronics has produced the most of them. They've produced the bulk of them already, uh, of their um, order. Uh, the other two um, have produced only a minority of the set-top boxes that were asked f from the government. Uh, and the government's also um, uh, given orders to three other companies to produce uh, terrestrial aerials and satellite dishes. Uh, satellite dishes, of course, used in the SKA area and in areas mm. where there's mm. no Centec coverage. Um, and those companies have also... Um, been producing these things. Uh, I, I know word from Usas if those have also actually been uh, put on ice for the moment. I would imagine that that's probably not necessary because um, encryption doesn't really reflect, uh, impact on the aerial technology. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's it's a mess as 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 always. But um, I think we're finally going to have closure on this once the Constitutional Court um, makes its hands down its judgment, and hopefully once that happens, 
We, uh, especially if they find in favor of the minister, because then we don't have to go through this retrofitting process. Mm. Hopefully, we can uh, get on with this process then very quickly. Um, How long have we been talking about this? Two years already now? Oh, more than, much yes. more than, yeah, much longer than that. Um, and of course, the other flip side of the coin here is, is what's going to happen with Spectrum, and that's also now mm. a legal mess. The court case, the dates for that, I think it's been set down for the 27th and 28th of this month, the minister versus ICASA. This is the telecoms minister versus ICASA over the planned Spectrum auction. Um, another mess in the making, potentially. Sure. Uh, this one's just getting to the st- start of the, fa- the, the the high court. If it was all the way to the constitutional court, probably mm. another, another three to five years. At least fibre's making headway in the country. Yeah, indeed. By the time uh, by the time uh, all of this is sorted out, uh, uh, terrestrial television will be less relevant. Will probably be <laughs> obsolete in some ways. <laughs> in some ways, it will be. Uh, certainly, in in in, in more well-to-do households. Uh, the the yeah, problem here yeah. is that um, uh, this is mainly going to affect um, people in lower LSMs, as they say, yeah, yeah. Uh, people who don't have fibre at home, and but it of course also affects the ability of those people to watch. Uh, those people in those LSMs to watch um, content on demand over the internet because the spectrum hasn't been made available yeah, that would facilitate yeah. uh, cheaper broadband, wireless broadband. But I like to think also that you know headways making fibre, it's, it it is causing a lot of Wi-Fi slash service providers in these communities to be able to probably provide better service, you mm. know, last mile kind of wireless services yeah, to them. Yeah. Um, which oh, there's going to be a need for that, especially mm. when uh, you know people can't get access to to television signal. Yeah. Anyway, if you, Centex completed its rollout, so if, if you actually want to watch, um, if you're that way inclined and you're still interested in terrestrial television, you can actually watch it right now. You can just go down to your supermarket, buy a. Um, well, actually, I don't know if you can really get them on the shelves in the supermarkets yet. You can certainly order one online, mm. plug it into your TV, and watch DTT, e- SABC, ETV, and Mnet have all launched services. Mnet, you'd obviously have to get a, a special box the from them because it's encrypted. Uh, but uh, the free-to-air channels uh, from SABC, I think they've launched four or five. I think ETV's got five or six. Mm. Um, they're there already. You can just get what a box and to, plug it in. What happened to all the other satellite providers? I mean, top, uh, was it Top TV? Top TV is now called StarSat. Uh, they were in business rescue for about two years. They've recently come out of it, but they're very quiet. Um, not clear what they're up to or how well they're doing. Um, I think the answer is probably not very well. Mm. Um, they're there, but yeah, I don't hear anybody talking about them. No. And, you know, across a lot of, I mean, most people. No, no, they, they, they. I think they ran into a lot of problems. They were, they were poorly managed, but they also came up against an incredibly difficult competitor in the mm. form of multi-choice, mm. who saw them coming and immediately launched packages directly in the markets in which they operate, uh, including, I mean, DSTV Compact was very clearly a response to to Top TV slash yeah, Starsat, yeah. and uh, Compact has the soccer. Um, you know, they they quickly moved to sign up um, the Premier Soccer League and all that sort of stuff, uh, which is clearly aimed at the same audience that Starsat was going to go after. Yeah, um, yeah. and it, it it was very difficult. There's a competition commission complaint, uh, and I'm surprised it hasn't gone anywhere. It was lodged by um, what was then Top TV, now Starsat, uh, a couple of years ago now, um, over negotiations that fell through with MultiChoice. Uh, where Top TV was looking to secure a couple of the uh, Supersport channels mm, for the Top mm. TV platform. Um, Supersport seemed interested, but the management team at, multi- at uh, MultiChoice, which is the parent of Supersport, uh, it appears basically <laughs> said, no, let's, we're not going to do this. And uh, that's the subject of a very interesting complaint that um, that's still sitting at the Competition Commission. I don't know why the Competition Commission hasn't begun an investigation on that. Mm. Um, it hasn't closed the case, apparently. It's just sitting there. Um, uh, because if they wanted to get involved in that market, and re- if the Competition Commission wanted to get involved in that market and do a proper, a proper investigation of competition in the pay TV market, uh, it's something that, um, by the way, ICASA is doing, but I don't think ICASA has the resources mm. um, to do it. In fact, I know it doesn't have the resources to, to, do, to uh, do anything meaningful. The Competition Commission, on the other hand, does. Um, so I, I find it a bit strange that they haven't decided to pick it up. Maybe they have other things on their plate that they've had to worry about. Yeah. Um, but those lucrative sports rights, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah people people will fight hard to, to retain those because once you kind of lose a little bit, yeah. it's going to be good for the consumer. Yeah. I mean, but that's the only thing I miss from not having DSTV is yeah. being able to watch the rugby tomorrow morning, you know. Mm. 
Um, I'm not sure that um, I mean I'm a, I'm a bit of a free marketeer, and I'm not sure that the competition authority should be intervening in in the market. Um, Multi choices run a very solid, smart operation. Mm. Um, should they be punished in any way for having done that? I'm not sure they should be, uh, but I, I still think an investigation by the competition commission would be interesting because it would throw up a lot of arguments about state of competition in the pay television market in South Africa and uh, yeah. and it would lead to a lot of discussion which I think would be healthy um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure regulatory intervention is the right thing to do but uh, I think it would be useful to have that discussion so oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. let's hope the competition commission does have a look at it at some point they've certainly been sitting on it for long enough <laughs> Anyway, a very interesting story that we broke this morning on Tech Central um, about um, a church group, a large church group, which claims to have 2 million followers in South Africa getting into the uh, in, into the MVNO market or the mobile virtual network operator market. Now, this is an MVNO that's been launched by um, MVNX, which is the company started by Steve Bailey, formerly of Virgin Mobile. And he's launched a whole lot of these MVNOs now, including Boxel, which is the first Afrikaans only uh, mobile network uh, and um, of course MRP mobile he's done okay, and speak Afrikaans in that network is that <laughs> <laughs> but apparently you can speak English but I think I think all communicate if you're in the call center you're going to have to speak Afrikaans uh, of course he's done MRP mobile with Mr. Mm-hmm. Price uh, me and you mobile I think we all know uh, and a number of smaller ones but uh, he's now announced uh, that uh, they're doing a an MVNO with this church group uh, I'm just bringing up the story here they're really interesting um Really interesting story. They uh, this is a church group founded by someone by the name of Shepherd Bushiri, uh, um, and he claims to be a prophet of God. Um, and I've done, done a bit of research on this guy this morning. He's quite controversial. There's a very interesting article on the Daily Mail Online. So, you know, Daily Mail Online is, is known as being a bit of a tabloid. So, uh, <laughs> take what you read with a bit of a pinch of salt. But uh, an interesting character who claims to have bought a Gulfstream jet but wouldn't show it to anyone. Claims to be able to walk on air. Um, there's a video on YouTube of this. Um, but it's very clear that uh, if you watch the video very carefully, you'll see that he's actually being held up by someone. Um, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's known to his followers as Major One. Um, and uh, if you sign up, Rechot, take note. If you sign up, uh, you can get limited edition SIM cards signed by Bushiri personally. <laughs> Nice. Okay, let's do it. I've got, a, I've got an old phone somewhere that I need to fill up. Anyway, he, he founded both the Enlightened Christian Gathering ECG Church and Shepherd Bushiri Ministries International. Um, now, reading through his CV, he claimed he was visited by Jesus when he was six years old, or eight years old, I think it was, um, and has been in regular contact with God, who has appointed him as a prophet on earth to spread the word. Um, and he's got a lot of followers. He has more than a million followers on Facebook. A million followers on Facebook. Uh, religion is a big business. Clearly. Yeah, yeah no, it is. <laughs> um, and this MVNO, it's called PSB Network. Uh, it's going to piggyback on Celsius Network, as all MVNX customers do. And they're offering their um, congregant, congregants, I guess you'd call them, um, calls at 99 cents a minute on per second billing. And a range of data options, which look decidedly average to me. They start at mm. 10 rand for 15 megabytes. And go up to 250 rand for two gigs. Um, so pretty pricey, actually. On 2000, the 2012 pricing, maybe. Yeah, certainly, certainly pricey next to telecom mobile pricing. Um, probably but, in line with what the other operators charge for data. I mean, he's obviously he's seen an opportunity. If you have you know, a million potential followers, who, if you look at maybe a percentage of those would buy some code from you and use those actively. Yeah, oh, I could make some money off of this. Yeah, I mean, it's it, interesting. This is a for-profit venture, um, profit P R O F I T, not P H. <laughs> well, I suppose in this case, it's both. <laughs> um, but uh, they're having a big launch this Saturday at Gallagher Estate, where they're expecting over five thousand people to uh, pitch up. Hmm. Um, and apparently, they've received more than five thousand signups ahead of the official launch this oh, weekend. Wow. Um, so, yeah, as I said, limited edition SIM card signed by Bushiri himself. He's a Malawian, by the way, um, but he's got um, churches across uh, sub-Saharan Africa. And um, according to his website, he's got a number of uh, business interests, uh, including, in the, from what I can tell, in agriculture, mining. He owns a hotel in the northwest province. Um, and it all started um, after he got, apparently, a visitation from God. Um, so there sure. we go. 
Can't go wrong, can he? Mm, yeah. From religion to SIM cards, there's a there's a book in there. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't call it Godnet. <laughs> Godnet. <laughs> anyway, um, I would have signed up to that actually. Wow. <laughs> you can do the marketing right on that one. You can even speak to God, maybe. Yeah, don't tell Tim Cook about this. <laughs> yeah, it's called PSB Network. If you want to find out more about it, go to mypsb.co.za. Um so there we go, religion and telecoms. I never thought it would come to it, but there we go. And there's probably a massive market for it, actually. Yeah. I mean, we laugh, but... Yeah. Uh, no, it is. But, um, I mean, uh, I know that um, a couple of years ago, Vodacom had some sort of deal with uh, the Zionists, uh, you know, the Moriah City mm. Zionists. Mm. And that's a massive organization. Massive, massive organization. I mean, you go up to Moriah City up near... I mean, I go up there quite often because I go trail running um, in uh, the Hainitzburg area, in those forests there. And you go past Moriah City and... Um, most of the time it's sitting empty, but mm. you go up there, I think it's at Easter time, and you don't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolute chaos. Is he, is I mean, he? the number of um, people there and the, the scale of that religion is absolutely amazing. Um, and it's not only South Africa. The whole the whole of Africa is very religious, very mm. Christian. Mm. Um, Nigeria, Ghana. Ghana is the most amazing religious country. Um, Malawi, where this pastor comes from. Uh, there's a huge opportunity, um, and uh, I, I would not be surprised if this is just the first of many MVNOs that get launched to target um, religious communities across yeah, the continent. Yeah. I think that's where the, the magic of an MVNO lies. You know, you just have to target yeah. a, a small community, exactly. um, and if you can, if you can work out a deal to give your community or your your members uh, cheaper, you know, uh, number to number calls, yeah. you know, then you've got an even better proposition. Yeah, for those small communities. No, it's a massive, massive, and we say niche. I mean, there's, a, there's you know, these million is in the niche. Yeah, two million followers apparently. Sure, two million, incredible. Um, Anyway, I think at that mo- at that point we're going to take a break. Take we'll a break. be back right after this. Hello world. Hello information. Hello uploads and downloads. Hello streaming videos and low latency. Hello blogs and vlogs. Hello crystal clear video calls. Hello increased productivity. Hello online learning. Hello cloud. Hello long lost friends and missed connections. Hello limitless possibilities and instant gratification. Say hello to premium high speed fiber from Vox Telecom. Pleasure guaranteed. Visit voxtelecom.co.za for more information. Chicken or beef? Chicken or beef? Chicken. There are so many companies offering fiber at the moment, but with Vox Telecom's premium high-speed fiber, you'll be joining the Smile High Club. Duck or salmon, sir? We call it business class fiber. We guarantee our uptime and can tailor our services to suit your needs and budget. Say hello to Business Class Fiber from Vox Telecom. Visit voxtelecom.co.za for more information. Well, welcome back to the show. Um, so from religion and MVNOs to uh, MTN Mobile Money. And uh, it's been four months since Vodacom pulled the plug on M-Pesa in South Africa. Yeah, I think it was everyone, it took everyone a little bit by surprise. Yeah, was... And now MTN has done the same thing with its mobile money offering. Um, it has announced it has pulled the plug on it. Um, it's bizarre. M- mobile money is doing so well elsewhere in Africa. Tanzania. No, I thought it was doing well here, but clearly no, not. No. Look, I mean, the only thing I can think of that could have been a competition to this and, and potentially what more people would have used is a lot of the banks have now come mm. up with similar... I think that's exactly what it is. Senders. You can, I can send money to an ATM on to a cell phone number. Or you can send it straight to a cell phone number and they go to the ATM and pick it up. And yeah. It's, it, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to do that. Maybe they just didn't have enough pull with, with uh, the consumer market. I would, I would guess it's the competition from the banking sector. We've got a very well-developed banking sector in South Africa. And the banking sector launched those low-cost Mzansi accounts a few years ago. Mm. And I think they, they brought in millions of new customers. So I think people who want to be banked in South Africa are banked. Um, I think there's probably a, a, a large minority in South Africa who simply do not want to be banked because uh, they don't want to be brought into the formal system where mm. they're going to be noticed by organizations like the South African Revenue Service. Um, but... Um, I think people in South Africa generally who want to be banked are already banked through things like those Zanzi bank accounts or just through the regular banking system. Um, and, and competition in banking has gone up significantly in recent years. I mean, we've mm. seen the introduction of, of Capitech into this market, and, and they've really gone after that um, after that um, market that's sen- very sensitive to bank fees. Yeah. Uh, and they've been extremely su- uh, successful at it. Uh, so it, it seems to me that... Um, it seems to me that the the market is just, the, you know, the mobile operators were going after a market that wasn't there. 
It also shows you that the consumers entrust more entrust the banks more than what they mm. do the mobile operators. Maybe and I think that's a very good point. I think that's exactly the other point. I think that's the other reason they haven't done this is the banks hold more trust amongst consumers than the mobile operators. And when you get subscribed to, to as I did the other day on, on Vodacom, as I, as you get subscribed without even you knowing about it sometimes to these, these value-added content services, mm. I got added to something that, that was billing me five rand a day without I didn't even mm. opt into it. How did you notice that you had that? Because I noticed it on my account. Um, I had a fight with Vodacom about it, and eventually they, they reversed it. But, um, uh, you know, if, if this stuff is allowed on their networks, then... Um, it doesn't engender trust with the mobile yeah, operators. What can they do with your bank account? I mean, if, if this, uh, I, I'm a sophisticated consumer who writes about technology and understands this industry intimately. I am not going to trust my mobile operator with my mm. money. Mm. I'm not. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I mean, if people can switch SIM cards easily enough, you know, to go to the best deal uh, where the best deal is. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't entrust too much. So... Um, Perhaps it was inevitable that uh, this was going to happen. It's, uh, anyway, so MTN Mobile Money has been written off. They say they're not giving up on financial services. Um, and as a group, they certainly aren't. I mean, they've hired Rob Shooter, who's you know formerly with Nedbank. Uh, I think he was the deputy. He was the MD of retail banking at Nedbank, if I remember correctly. Uh, they've hired a heavy hitter, Stephen Van Koller from ABSA. Uh, they're clearly seeing... Um, uh, financial services is their future, but clearly here in South Africa, they uh, they underestimated uh, just how difficult it was, would be to compete with the banks. Yeah, yeah. And we have a very sophisticated banking system in South Africa. I mean, these banks, I mean, our banking system is 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 often our financial services sector more broadly is often regarded by in in, in surveys that you see and and, and um, international reports as being one of the ten most sophisticated financial services sectors in the world. Yeah, and we've launched so many firsts as well. I mean, people, yeah. you know, these guys are serious about what they want to do. They, and our banks do keep an. I mean, the banks here locally. I mean, Straight has got a conference on blockchain next week. Uh, Absa did some blockchain innovation last week. I mean, they really are mm. at the cutting edge, and they they really bots, are. App, was it Absa that did the bots thing where they can chat to bots now on a messaging platform to get uh, banking information? Might have been. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure, but um, I mean, that's the, pretty advanced for a bank to implement right now. Yeah. A bot system. Which yeah. Is, I know Absa was doing a, a Twitter banking, um, which I believe they've run into some challenges around. But um, but the banks, they, they are very keen to be seen to be innovating, and they do innovate in, 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 in some areas. Um, so, yeah, MTN Mobile Money is, in South Africa at least, has been scrapped. Uh, mobile money services for MTN are flying in other markets. Um, mm-hmm. In Uganda, they're doing very well in Nigeria. Uh, so it's, it's, not, it's, not like, um, it's not like it's a global failure. It's just here in South Africa. And uh, it has to be it has to be the strong banks that um, that are keeping yeah. it out. It also shows you. I mean, we often speak about markets: Africa mm. versus uh, South Africa versus the rest of Africa. And I think this also shows you how different things can be in a technology space. Yeah. Um, I guess with anything in in the world, you know, mm. it takes off one place, uh, but it completely fails in another. Mm. Yeah. Almost S- like the Note Seven. Almost like? Almost like the Note 7. <laughs> Good segue there. <laughs> um, yeah, and the Note 7. Exploding batteries. Um, uh, a germ who does the cartoons for Tech Central. <laughs> Good cartoon this week. He, uh, yeah. Did you see it? <laughs> kind of making the, um, the lack of a headphone jack in the iPhone 7 fade into, into insignificance when the phone blows up in your face. <laughs> this is brilliant. It was very good. Well done, Jim. Um, but uh, I think Samsung's been, been handling it quite well, don't you think? Yeah, I have. I mean, the way that they've, I mean, I, I don't know what they did locally, but the way that they, uh, you know, I, I've seen reports in, in America, for example, mm. in, the Europe where they, or in Europe where they've, you know, did the recall very quickly, very efficiently, told people what to do, what not to do. Um, they brought out the app update that prevented overcharging mm. on the phone. Um, yeah, look, it's going to be a big knock for them, um, mm. especially in light of the launch of, you know, the new iPhones. Yeah. But... Um, if they handle it well and replace devices, or at least give people a, a way to get a better device or a new device, I think it I came think at they'll a retain. They'll retain the customer. I, I think it came at a very unfortunate time for for Samsung. I mean, they announced this thing um, what a month before the iPhone Seven, uh, and the reviews. I, I haven't personally played with the device, but um, well, I, I've seen it. I, I've, I've had it in my hand, but I haven't had a chance to properly look at it and review it. Um, and but the for those who have the the mainly the American uh, tech blogs and um, and websites 
have all been raving about it. They yeah. they say this is the best phone that Samsung has ever made. Um, well done, Samsung. This is fan- this is a fantastic device. You've 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 hit the ball out of the hit the ball out of the park on this one. Uh, so it's, I think it's unfortunate that um, this this battery issue, um, which has, is not which it, which doesn't show how bad the phone. I mean, the phone is still a good phone. It's yeah. just this one component that was obviously badly manufactured. Yes, I don't know who actually does the batteries. It's it's a, it's a division of Samsung. It's a division of Samsung. I'm sure somebody's going to get laid off for that. That's oh, yeah. One. oh, yeah. They, 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 they take it quite seriously in Korea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so it is South Korea, so they don't chop your head yeah, off yeah, like yeah, in North, North Korea. Yeah. But, uh, It'll just disappear. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, it, it is unfortunate that that because it is apparently a fantastic device. Um, you know, one of the contenders for mm. phone of the year. Uh, and unfortunate, of course, that um, these problems occurred just before Apple launched the iPhone 7. I'm surprised. I mean, it must have been a pretty pretty massive problem too if they couldn't just upgrade the battery to tell customers bring your phone back in we'll upgrade the battery or whatever apparently 26 people according to a story on the verge have been hurt already by these exploding batteries oh, uh, and there's big. a story I think I, I forget did I hear about a recall this morning yeah in the states but they're doing a um, I think they're recalling a millennium in the US but they, they apparently a, a jeep caught fire or something and <laughs> burnt to the ground um, from one of these exploding batteries Although I don't think they actually explode. I think they just catch fire. They just catch fire and then obviously mm. everything. I mean, that's not the kind of fire you want to be involved in when uh, it no, goes. No, um, But they had to do a, a global recall. Um, but I, I, think they've, I think they've handled it perfectly. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's obviously a, a disaster for them. But uh, mm. they've, they've, so far, they've, they've handled it exactly as they should. Uh, and all the analysts I spoke to this week about it uh, have, said that, um, have said that this is going to be a short-term blip for Samsung. A year from now, we probably won't even remember it. Yeah, and yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly. I mean, they'll find another purpose for these devices. I'm sure they'll repurpose them. And uh, yeah, yeah, not a good time for them. But I guess it's technology. You can't always predict what's going to fail on your device. <laughs> no, indeed. I mean, it's amazing complexity built into these phones. Um, but uh, there we go. Anyway. I'm actually looking forward to seeing this phone when it eventually gets to the South African market. Mm. Um, I, think it should battery, have, I think it should have been launched here already, but obviously it was delayed because of the... Uh, well, they would have pulled, pulled it completely. They pulled it, yeah. 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 Uh, luckily for Samsung South Africa, they uh, hadn't actually gone on sale here yet, so mm. they didn't have to do a recall. Um, presumably it was probably in warehouses here already, or on its way into warehouses here, and they yeah, sat back sure, to Korea. Sure. I see in Korea they actually gave all the users who bought it a replacement temporary replacement phone uh, while the Note 7's battery was being fixed. Oh, so they actually did big fix batteries in, in did, different yeah. parts of the world. Yeah, okay, yeah. so it's not... Yeah, I'm surprised they wouldn't do that across uh, across the globe. You know, somehow, maybe they've calculated that uh, recall is just cheaper, I guess. Mm. Anyway, that covers the news this week. It was quite a busy news week. Um, let's, let's move on to our regular features. Uh, uh, I, I picked our winner this week, and um, it's a, a JSE listed. It's a bit of an odd one for a winner, I suppose, but <laughs> it's um, a JSE listed technology group that has been growing at an amazing speed for a very long time. It's a company called EOH, Enterprise Outsource Holdings. Uh, it was what they used to stand for. I don't think they stand for that anymore. I think they're just called EOH these days. And um, the South African economy is in a mess. We're not growing. Um, the latest quarterly numbers weren't too bad. But gen- generally speaking, the South African economy is in a mess. But EOH continues to outperform despite it and has done so for as far back as I can remember, at least 10 years. They've grown year in and year out. So they've produced uh, a robust set of results. This is for the year ended 31 July 2016. Uh, headline earnings per share rose by a quarter to seven rand nineteen, a quarter, twenty five percent in this sure. economy, uh, on the back of a thirty one percent improvement in revenue to twelve point eight billion rand, and operating profit up by thirty seven percent to one point four billion rand. Uh, hiked their dividend by twenty three percent to one rand eighty five. I mean, this is phenomenal That's performance normal. in an economy that is in serious trouble. Um, I actually don't know how they do it. And you know, there's a lot of skepticism about there about how this company <laughs> keeps doing this. I mean, they've always had a mixture of yeah. acquisitive and organic growth. Um, and it's, it's always worked for them. They go after companies, they buy them, they integrate them very quickly into their culture, and they, um, and they, and they, and they keep growing, and they keep doing it. Uh, and they've got a, a very successful formula going here. Uh, Asher Bobart, who started the company, uh, I forget when it was, probably 15, 20 years ago now, uh, I think they listed back in 1998, if I'm not mistaken, uh, during that listings boom when a lot of um, IT companies mm-hmm. did, fell over and died. 
Um, uh, EOH is one of the um, they're kind of almost like the the, the the phoenix that rose from the ashes uh, and they continue to grow at an incredible rate even in this economy and the share price um, as, as is performing as well I saw an analyst report this week it's currently at 150 rand an analyst report this week saying they could go to 190 to 200 rand based on this performance sure. I should say I'm not a shareholder so I'm not counting the share um, <laughs> should have been I should have been yeah um, and uh, yeah anyway that's our pick this week EOH they, uh, they continue to defy the odds um Maybe I should uh, make, take a punt on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you should. Anyway, I won't talk too long about our loser this week. It's Samsung. Um, I was actually thinking of making them a winner in a way because of the way they hand, they've handled this crisis so well. But um, unfortunate for them, they, the Note 7 battery debacle took $22 billion off their market cap in two days last week. Uh, sure. This week, sure. in fact. Um, and that's after um, a number of airlines, including the Federal Aviation Administration in the U.S., uh, said warned about using these devices in flight. In fact, South African Airways also said you may not charge the Note 7 on any of our flights um, hmm. because of these concerns. And that's actually the, the the warnings from the airlines and the regulators of the airlines was the was the thing that really sent the share price tumbling down. It actually hadn't moved much before. Uh, after the Note 7 um, battery debacle <coughs> occurred, it only moved when airlines started warning about it, which is weird. Yeah, when people's lives occur. <laughs> oh, um, but anyway, I, it's uh, Samsung is our loser this it week. It's unfortunate. I mean, yeah. I think, especially if you look at what these companies do before they launch a product, for something mm-hmm. as critical as that to still, in today's day and age, get through the kind of the quality check process. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a pretty big thing on, on kind of yeah. across many levels. So, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's get to our picks of the week. What have you got, Rahad? So I've been, you know, I've been playing with drones for a little bit, photographing, doing some video and stuff. You've been playing with some friggin' awesome Yeah, some, some incredible <laughs> video-capable toys. But yeah. uh, a few weeks ago, actually, more than, probably a month and a half ago, so I um, came across a set of small drones um, from a company called Isheen. Um it's a Chinese manufacturing, obviously, but they've got this incredible range of little mini drones um, and some racer drones. But this particular one that I've got here, this is called um, the H8S, and it's very small, very tiny, fits in the palm of your hand. I mean, it's, it's a it's a toy drone essentially. Yeah. Um, I bought it on a website called banggood.com. Um, How do you spell that? Banggood, B-A-N-G-G-O-O-D. Dot com. Okay. And these things cost two hundred and fifty odd rand. I mean, uh, depending oh, wow. on, uh, depending on your, your your level, um, your your kind of tier level when you buy with them. The more you buy, and, and if you buy bulk, you get certain discounts. But yeah. So this is just a very good online retailer. You can actually get a lot of cool stuff on there. Okay. But this little this little drone is just a, a fun little toy that you can play with. It's re- it's remarkably hardy. I mean, I've crashed this into so many things, but it's also incredibly versatile. And I've just had the most fun playing with it. I mean, so let me show you. It's got a little plastic controller that it comes with. Yeah. Um, you'll notice it's got some LED lights underneath there. So blue is back. Red looks like, it looks like a police car. It does. But I mean, wow, look is. at that. I'm just flying it here. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it might be a bit noisy for the microphone. But you can do flips and you can fly. You know, you can. Whoa. And you can crash. crash. I just did. No. <laughs> What's nice about this, like I said, it's very resilient for about. 250, 300 rand if you if you import it and yeah, pay, all the, cool. yeah. pay the, the importing. But um, it's a nice toy. It sounds uh, like an angry mosquito. Well, <laughs> it is an angry mosquito. The cats <laughs> also love it. Uh, I won't make. I know it's probably very noisy on the microphone. Um, but yeah, it's a great little toy. A company called Isheen. They've got some really impressive um, products. What I do like about this, and what what kind of got me onto this, is the fact that every part of that can be replaced. Yeah. This isn't a, a kind of a factory molded unit. Um, I can replace the motors, I can replace the circuit board, I can replace the blades. Um, so if you want to get to the hobby side of things too, there's, there's a few things you can do with this type of drone. Let me just come pick it up again. But that, that's my pick, the H8S. Yeah, that's very cool. It does look like a police car with the red and red, red and blue uh, lights on it. Um, but uh, 250 bucks, you say? Yeah, well, 300 bucks uh, if you consider, you know, Curing it in here, and I bought sure. a few. Okay, um, but this is actually an old model. The new ones that they've got. But for now, kids, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, you, I mean, most people can't afford to buy one of these expensive drones. But if you want to just understand how the tech works, yeah, and if you're yeah. a kid, this is a fantastic way into it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. It's well worth getting one of these kind of small drones just to get a feel for yeah. how they do. And what reminded me the most is, I'm sure as a kid, you also remember playing with remote control cars, right? Yeah, yeah. There you had kind of you, you could only drive on a surface, and you know, kind of the the earth or the the ground around you was your tracks. So what yeah. this thing was quite cool is now you got four dimensional space or physical space around you that yeah. you can fly around in, and uh, four dimensional, four dimensional time as well, time, time as well. 
meant three dimensional. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah. it's from that point of view, it's, it's remote control on steroids. Yeah, and they've got they've cool. got different ones with. I don't suppose uh, you can mount. I don't suppose you can mount. Oh, I was going to ask, can you mount something on that? There are other models that come with camera, but obviously the quality is not that good. No, um, sure, sure. It's it's not what I wanted when I bought this. I just wanted the fun little fly around the garden or fly around the house. I think you've lost one of the propellers. Yeah, this one always pops off. But you get a pack of propellers. Like I said, everything is replaceable. Yeah. Battery lasts about five, six minutes. Yeah. Um, but that's more than enough to, to have some fun with. Yeah. And I'm sure your pets would have enormous fun with this as well. My cats love it. Yeah. yeah. They they chase it, when it and I drop it and they run after it and check it out. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Brilliant. We'll put the link on the show notes if you're interested in, uh, in going to check out that and get one of those. Or get, get lots of them at that price. Yeah, we want to get a few. My pick this week is Google Duo. Have you played with it yet? No, I haven't. No. I think it's available for iOS. Go grab it in the I store. It's quite check, cool. Yeah. In fact, install it now. We'll have a quick, uh, a quick video Let's call. It, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's basically Google's answer to FaceTime, uh, Apple's uh, video, video calling software. Um, and I'm actually pretty blown away with it. I've, I've taken a number of calls now on both 3G and LTE connections, just going, wandering around town. Uh, and, um, I, you know, I, I was away two weeks ago and um, I spoke to my wife. Uh, just wanted, wanted to know how the dogs were doing and stuff. And uh, I was down at the coast on an LTE connection. The quality was fantastic. And uh, she showed me the dogs running around and... Uh, and, and it was really good. It's um, I'm, I haven't really used FaceTime before, but um, people, I've spoken to people who are using Duo and have used FaceTime, and they say it's a very equivalent sort of service. But they apparently the the compression algorithms on Duo may be even better on, on the Apple software. Well, I mean, what's nice about Duo is the fact you can call Android devices. FaceTime, obviously. FaceTime is, is Apple only. Apple, exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool. Um, so I'm going to open just it up. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we're just going to get this uh, get this up. So um, I'm calling Rafat here uh, over Duo. Um, it should show your face on on, on, my, on your screen before you even answer. Uh, I don't think I should check that. Should we do that again? Unfortunately, Duo has crashed. Stopped working. Oh dear. Weak Wi-Fi. Anyway, let me, let's start that again. Yeah, I really let's just start. Um, let's let me switch my Wi-Fi on because I've got a dodgy connection here from Telcom. Um, you switch your Wi-Fi on or off? Oh, you're I'm switching your it on phone. Because yeah, it was... Uh, um, I was on 3G rather than LTE. Um, okay, so I'll stay on the Wi-Fi then. Okay, cool. Um, Maybe we should start with, okay, I'll just say I've installed it. Okay. All right, I've quickly installed Duo. It's uh, on my phone now. Okay, so I'm going to give you a quick, I'm going to give a quick call, Rechard. Let me just uh, find your name here in my uh, contacts. So it's dialing. Now, you should see my face on your screen. Uh, hopefully it doesn't crack your screen. No, it's, it's actually showing up just that. Maybe it's a setting. Oh, that's interesting. It's that must be a setting. Okay. Uh, All right, cool. I'll check your answer now. So I'm answering it. Oh, there you go. There you go. It showed oh, oh, when, it it, when it opened up the... Whoa, okay, we're in the same room. We're getting lots of feedback. <laughs> yeah, I've turned down. We're good now. We okay. should be good now. All right, cool. But, okay, um, so uh, it's pretty cool. It's a very simple interface. Um, you know, you click on it, you can uh, reverse the camera, which I like. So if you mm-hmm. want to see what the other person's looking at, I'm just going to actually kill the sound on mine as well so we don't get all this reverb. Yeah, there is a bit of a noise. Um, and uh, so basically you've got a mute button, a, a uh, option to, to reverse the camera and to end the call. Uh, it's very simple and it works really well. And you can, as you can see, the compression they're using is obviously very good because the quality of their video is excellent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've done, used this over cellular networks. In fact, we're using this over cellular network here, um, and it's uh, it's it's pretty good. I mean, you can obviously flip the camera so you can show somebody what you're looking at. You yeah. Look at yourself too when you're doing a test call like this. That was freaky. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it works pretty well. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not like Skype, which has got all these advanced features in it for for, for business calls and all that mm, sort of thing. Mm. It's a very basic. Let's quickly make a video call, but it works really well. I think it's pretty cool. Um, the compression is very good. Yeah, I mean, the compression is great. Yeah. Well, that's one thing that FaceTime always did well. I thought the latency is good too. Yeah, the latency mm. is good. So that's my pick this week. Google Duo. If you haven't installed it yet, I was actually surprised how few people in my contacts actually have it installed. Um, because it's a really it's a really great platform, um, and if you're using FaceTime, it's a no-brainer to use this because it's cross-platform. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I will definitely uh, move it on to screen two of my iPhone. <laughs> What's on screen one? <laughs> Bank, Uber, iTunes, um, and TimeHop, which is one of my other favorite. What's apps. TimeHop? TimeHop. Um, it actually okay. So this bonus is, pick. Bonus pick. Yeah. So TimeHop is an app. It's a great little app. Um, it basically you connect all your social networks onto it. Um, and a lot of the other companies, uh, Facebook and those guys, are also doing it now. They yeah. kind of ripped off the idea from them. But it kind of pulls out uh, 
info from a year, two, three, ten years ago. So anytime okay. there's any cool things on your timelines, it'll just show it oh, to nice. you. So it's often nice. Oh, we recorded a podcast last year, episode one thirty-three. Uh, it's just popping up that I was mentioned in it. So it's almost like a, a like a, a rearview mirror into things that you did or mentioned online or what you okay. posted and. That's very cool. It's a company, uh, yeah, nice. an app called. So they tell you three years ago, time hop. There we go. And you can you can create new photographs. Say then and now. You can you know. So you take a photograph of whatever you took a photograph of now, and it'll compare them side to side. side there we go. Side. Bonus pick. We'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's our show for this week. Um, as always, wait, wait, wait. I always forget <laughs> quiz results. <laughs> Let's do those quiz results before I forget. Uh, let me do the first question. How many set-top boxes have been made locally so far for South Africa's digital migration program? And the answer is 650,000, and they're all sitting in the post office right now. Six, yeah, that's a big number. Second question. When will the Constitutional Court hear the case between the Minister of Communications and MultiChoice versus ETV over encryption in set-top boxes? The answer, 17 February 2017. Can't get you soon enough. Sony has announced a new PlayStation. What is it called? Uh, it's called the PS4 Pro. Are you going to get one? I'm an Xbox. No, you're Xbox. Uh, I'm an Xbox Ex- kind of guy. Xbox. <laughs> Did you ever see that? Uh, that um, I think it was the two Ronnies. Uh, <laughs> yes. A ripoff of, of the Xbox uh, on uh, on YouTube. Yes. Oh, Those just two brilliant. are brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go actually, go, go to YouTube again, and yeah. search, uh, search uh, Xbox. I think you just search X- Xbox, Xbox and yeah. find it. Yeah. Um, the fourth question what is the name of the first ever standalone Star Wars movie being released in three months time and neither of us will be watching it oh, you, you're a Star Wars I will, I will watch it you but watch I mean it, okay. I, it's the hype around it's kind of lost to me now I'll yeah. watch it when it comes out and you know, I won't queue for it but the answer is Rogue One <laughs> Rogue One okay. Rogue One I still need to see the new Star Trek movie by the way so I'm a bit uh, slack here what do you mean there's a new Star Trek out when I thought it's is it out in cinemas now uh, it came out about a month ago on the cinema circuit. Oh, really? so I think it may be off the cinema circuit already. So I'm gonna have to wait for the oh, uh, wait for the DVD release. Wait for the DVD release or Blu-ray release. Yeah, or wait till it's on streaming. Uh, and our last question is because MTN this week announced that it has raised three loans. How much money did it raise? And we were looking for either the dollar or rand amount. And the answer: 1.3 billion US dollars, or 18.8 billion rand. And that sent the share price higher. And that's our show. Um, as always, if you've got any feedback, tell us what you think of our beer feature. Should we continue it? We think we should. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I vote yes. Um, let us know. Uh, info at techcentral.ca.ca or leave a comment under the under the podcast entry on the website. Until next time, from Rechard and myself, take care. Ciao. Ciao, ciao.